fire starts with a simple spark. Each year, approximately 100,000 wildfires blaze a path across the United States, leaving behind destruction and chaos. It's estimated that as many as 90% of these destructive wildfires are sparked by people who are being careless. But fires are a way of life in the forest, and if sparked correctly, they blaze a path that promotes growth by burning up dead brush that is choking out new plants. It's an act of renewal. It's an act of grace. The difference between a path of destruction and a path of renewal is in the origin of the spark. Isn't that true for all of us? We are meant for more than the things we often chase. We are meant for a specific spark. The spark of life. The spark of Christ. His spark consumes our hearts, igniting it with a beautiful blazing freedom that shines forever. His spark gives mercy, grace, and forgiveness. His spark gives us a vision of hope that will never fade and grace that will never end. We were once nothing more than sticks and twigs, kindling, waiting for a spark. Now we are alive, consumed by the love of Christ.
revival. Now, Webster's Dictionary will tell you it means restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, strength. Awakening, the act of waking from sleep, or a recognition, realization, or coming into awareness of something. Revival, awakening. Northampton, Massachusetts, 1730s, Jonathan Edwards begins to preach, followed by George Whitfield. Whitfield spoke to thousands in the open air about the concept of spiritual rebirth, while Edwards warned of sinners in the hands of an angry God. Revival swept the colonies. Countless lives began to change. Churches began to change. And history remembers this as the first great awakening. September 23rd, 1857, at lunchtime in New York City, a layman named Jeremy Lanfear kneels to pray. America was in spiritual, political, and economic decline. There was financial panic and rumors of a civil war, and so Lanfear invited thousands to a rented hall on Fulton Street to pray. Six people showed up. Just six people. But those six people began to pray. Three weeks later, 40 people were praying. Within six months, 10,000 people were gathered daily for prayer. Over the next two years, over 1 million Americans out of a total population of 30 million put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This became known as the Great Prayer Revival. In the early 1970s, the cover of Life magazine featured over 80,000 young people gathering for Jesus at an event in Dallas called Explo 72. A year before, the cover of Time magazine read The Jesus Revolution because something undeniable was happening. Something unexplainable was happening. Something was sweeping young people all over America. It became known as the Jesus Movement and accounted for more baptisms in a single year than any other year in the history of the Southern Baptists. 400,000 people were baptized in one year. The First Great Awakening, the Great Prayer Revival, the Jesus Movement. What's the link? What is the common denominator? What is the first step? How do things like this happen? It's prayer. The first step is always prayer. History is clear. The record is undeniable. The blueprint is right in front of us. Every great move of God begins when his people pray. Not ordinary prayer, extraordinary prayer. Unified prayer, desperate prayer. And so it's time, it's time to pray. It's time to pray in repentance. It's time to pray for reconciliation. It's time to pray for personal renewal in our own lives. It's time to beg God for spiritual awakening in our time and in our generation, right now. God can do more in a moment than we can ever do in a lifetime when his people pray. It's time to pray. There's enough power here to go out and change the world. And we pray that this will be the beginning of a spiritual awakening that will sweep the world. For we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord. Well, welcome tonight. Um, we do believe that every wildfire starts with a simple spark. And um, we believe the greatest or one of the greatest components or ingredients um, to a spark is prayer, just like the video said. And so we're gonna pray tonight. We're gonna spend some time uh, toward the end of this service really praying. Um, I encourage you to use these songs that we're gonna sing as prayer tonight. Um, 
but one thing that I wanted to just to tell you about that we learned when we started studying the word spark is that it can be used both as a noun and a verb. Um, the definition of it as a noun is an incandescent bulb or a light. As a verb, it means to be set in motion. And really, the New Testament is filled with that type of language. If you remember, it was Jesus says, you're you are the light of the world, that a city on a hill can't be hidden. And it goes on to say in the Great Commission, Jesus says that I want you to go into every nation and make followers of me, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey the commands I've given them. And so the New, the New Testament is filled with sparks. And I'm hoping that tonight, our prayer tonight, is that something would happen in you and something would happen in me, like what happened in Acts 2, where it says the Holy Spirit descended on the people and spread among them like wildfire. And so I wanna ask you to join me tonight in asking God to be the spark that he dreamed us to be the light that he dreamed us to be, to be set in motion, to literally light this world on fire for the cause and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Haley's gonna lead us in this next song. I invite you to stand and I invite you to sing it as a prayer. Will you stand with us and continue to worship?
Compassion of Jesus is the compassion of Almighty God, and Jesus says to your heart and mind tonight, don't ever be so foolish as to measure my compassion for you in terms of your compassion for one another. Don't ever be so silly as to compare your thin, pallid, wavering, fickle, moody, dependent on school circumstances, human compassion with mine, for I am God as well as man. What I'm driving at is this. When you read in the Gospels that Jesus was moved with compassion, it is saying his gut was wrenched, his heart torn open, the most vulnerable part of his being laid there. The Gospel is saying the ground of all being shook 
the source of all life trembled, the heart of all love burst open, and the unfathomable depths of the relentless tenderness was laid Your Christian life and mine don't make any sense unless in the depth of our being we believe that Jesus not only knows what hurts us, but knowing seeks us out, whatever our poverty, whatever our pain. His plea to his people, come now, wounded, frightened, angry, lonely, empty, and I'll meet you where you are. And I'll love you as you are, not as you should be, because you're never going to be as you should be. Do you really believe this? That with all the wrong turns you made in your past, the mistakes, the detours, the moments of selfishness, dishonesty, and degraded love, do you really believe that Jesus Christ loves you? Not the person next to you, not the church, not the world, but that he loves you beyond worthiness and unworthiness, beyond fidelity and infidelity. That he loves you in the morning sun, the evening rain, without caution, regret, boundary, limit, breaking point, no matter what's gone down, he can't stop loving you. Revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you. Welcome to Kairos Night of Worship. It's prayer and praise tonight. I'm Chris Brooks. I'm the pastor here. If you're joining us for the first time tonight, we welcome you. Um, and you'll know something about Kairos. This is places our unique and honest attempt to connect to God and to connect to each other. And as the worship team has brought us to the razor's edge of a gospel response, I would say assaulted us with the goodness and glory of who God is in Jesus Christ and that we can be his beloved sons and daughters in whom he's well pleased. It's great to stand beside you and to sing and to cry for revival, 
but we thought it would be irresponsible for us to spend an entire night of worship worshiping for revival without praying for it. And I got to be honest with you, it's a lot easier for me to sing about it than it is to pray about it. But as we were listening to the Lord and trying to discern what his heartbeat was for this congregation, we just felt them say that they're ready. And so tonight we're going to challenge you. We've got eight prayer stations around the room. And here's what it's going to look like. If every revival simply starts with repentance and people praying, then let's not just talk about it tonight. Let's actually do it. And so when you came in at the chair, there should have been a red bag that if you'll go ahead and take those out. We've got some treats in there to help aid in this process. If you didn't get one, just look really, really sad and someone will find you or go look at an empty chair and crawl your way over top of somebody. So you're going to find a pen, a spare bit of parchment, uh, and a blue prayer tag. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to repent, and we're going to confess, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. And so here at Kairos, we practice open communion, which means this. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're welcome to the table. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I can think of no better exercise for you to come into the kingdom of God tonight to celebrate your being found. If you want to talk to any of us about that, pull us aside. We can pray with you. But for those of us who are the children of God and we want to see a wildfire start, we want to see revival both personally and corporately, both for ourselves, but also for our family, our friends, our schools, our neighborhood, and our nation, then it starts with us tonight. And so on this parchment, what I'm going to ask you to do is repent of any sin, iniquity, shortcomings that are in your life right now. There's no other way for me to say that. I I can't dress that up or make it phonetically sound appealing. Confess your sins, church. This is where it starts. And so you can be as vague or as specific as you want to be. I would ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you write out what it is that you need to repent of tonight. And then underneath that, with the prayer card, we, we talk about here, confession is not only how we've fallen short of the glory of God, but how the glory of God has rescued us and given us a new name. So it's not enough just to confess our sins. We have to confess the sacrifice of Jesus that gave us a new name. And so on this, this is your identity card. And this is where I want you to write who you are in Christ Jesus. This is the name that God recognizes you by. This is the season of life where you want to say, I'm a saint of God. I'm a son of God. I'm loved. And for those of you who've been with us the last six months, we'll give you some prompts on the screen. But these are the series that we've been in since we've been here in January. We started off with Wake Up, O Sleeper. Rise from the dead and the light of Christ will shine on you. And we did six identity statements based out of the book of Ephesians. And so we'll list those up just as a prompt. If you want to use one of those, that's great. If you have one from scripture that you would like to apply to yourself, absolutely write it down. But we believe that confession is not only of our guilt, but also of our glory. So Brent Curtis says it this way, as hard as it's for us to see our sin, it's even harder for us to remember our former glory. And so tonight we're going to confess both of those things. Who we are in Christ 
and how we have not measured up. I would actually say if, if I was doing it, I'd write down your identity statement first and then put your piece of paper on top so that that identity is bleeding through as you confess your sin. And in fact, that's the only way you're ever gonna have the freedom to truly repent is if you know who you are in Christ and know that he loves you and nothing you could ever do could separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So it just got thick in here and I hope so. Now, I'm not even done. That's only half of the challenge. Once you're done and you're ready to come forward to receive communion, you'll bring both of these with you. There'll be two people standing at the table here. The first one will greet you and you'll place your sins in this basin. And when you place it in there, someone's gonna stir it up and you're gonna watch it dissolve in front of your eyes to give you a picture of what Christ has done for you on the cross. And the person standing here will say out loud to you and look you in the eyes and say, because of what Christ has done, your sins are forgiven. Now, when you put it down, you can turn it over, you can hide it, you can fold it up, or you can even read out loud what's on the paper. Whatever it is that you need to do to be obedient tonight and to spark revival personally so that it can happen corporately, you do that. And once you've done confessing your sins, you'll take your identity tag and someone will be standing here. They'll hold the cup and with their other hand, you'll hand them your identity tag. They'll take it and they'll read your name over you before you receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Because it's one thing to write it down, it's another thing to have it spoken over you. And we wanna be people that speak words of life into one another, because words create worlds, and we wanna create a world where the power and presence of God is unhindered, especially not by our lips. So I just want us to take back something that was given us in the garden, and that's the ability to name. God gave Adam and Eve the opportunity to start naming his creation. He gave them stewardship and ownership. The enemy came in, stole that, and his job has just been to lie to you about what your real name is. So we're gonna take that back tonight. We're gonna repent. We're gonna name the things in our life that are keeping us from understanding our true identity and experiencing personal revival. And then we're gonna help God name who we are at this place and at this time, and we're gonna hear someone else speak it over us. So they'll call you by name and they'll say the bread of life and the cup of salvation. And for those of you who have taken communion with us before, you'll know you can take some bread, dip it in the cup and take communion. If that's troublesome for you, there's also individual servings right there. If that's more your speed, you can just reach over and say, I'll take one of those. It's two cups. There's a bread in the bottom and there's juice in the top. So here's how we'll do this. Uh, I'll ask the worship team to come up. Um, now, there's probably 900 people that we're going to have to get to the table, um, and it's going to be messy, as well it should be. So we're going to begin to pray over you, and I want you to take this time to start to write your identity, your glory down on the prayer tag, and then start to confess sins, that in light of who you are, where have you fallen short, and that you need to be reminded that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And here's how we'll do it. There are eight prayer stations in this room. So there's one, two, three, four. There's two right back there in the wells, and there's two up there on the top of the balcony. What we usually like to do is let the balcony go first. And so this section over here, you have one, two, three, four places that you can go to. Center section right here, you have one, two, three, four places that you can go to. 
left section over here, you've got one, two, three, four places that you can go to. When you're ready, this will take some guts. I imagine not everyone in the room will do this. But if you're ready and you want to come forward, first you'll hand us the parchment, place it in the basin, we'll stir it, and you'll hear someone say, because of what Jesus has done, your sins are forgiven. You'll take the next step, you'll hand your identity statement, someone will receive it, read it over to you, and hand it back to you. Because believe me, tomorrow morning you're going to need to be reminded of who you are. This can go in your Bible, this can go in your car, this can go wherever it is on the mirror in the morning that the first words that you see are the words of God about his child. So I want us to pray and then we'll start to see if we can't take from the bedrock of our faith two granite stones, repentance and confession of who we are and strike them together tonight and see if a spark won't start that produces a wildfire. So Jesus, as your children, we're not just gonna sing, we're gonna pray. And we wanna do the hard work of repentance and confession. And we just wanna say that doesn't happen from our discipline, that only happens from your grace and you waking us up and you give us courage and authenticity and honesty beyond our capability. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to run amok in this room. Jesus, we invite you for your kindness to lead us to repentance and for us to be reminded that you're so much kinder than we know. There's not a harsh voice. There's not a condemning voice. There is a gentle voice that speaks to us. You are the lion and you are the lamb. And so we listen now as you remind us about who we are and what it is that we need to relinquish and repent of so that we can be your body here on earth, reviving, renewing, and redeeming the times. In Jesus' name, amen. So as music's played, would you begin to write down? I'll give Balcony, got you guys a couple minutes, and then I'll give you a notion that whenever you're ready to start, you can start making your way. And then when it looks like the balcony's done, for those of you on the floor, I'll come up and nod at you and tell you it's the appropriate time. When we get to a certain point, we'll start to sing some hymns. And if you're waiting or you've already come to a prayer station, would you sing out over your brothers and sisters? It may be that your songs sung by God's people that help the deliverance that is so desperately needed for one of our brothers and sisters in this room. Let's listen, let's respond, and let's renew our commitment to Christ.
Sing this with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him.
would you open up your hands, palms facing up, just to put your body in a posture of receiving, and I'll speak a blessing over us from our time together. May the Lord spark within you a fire so wild that nothing can stand in its way, including yourself. And may Jesus set in motion the curious notion that we can actually make disciples that make disciples of every tribe, tongue, and nation. And may we be known as a people who are continuing, repenting, and believing that the kingdom of God is at hand. His power and his presence is here and it is available if we will just humble ourselves and pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You guys can have a quick seat. Yeah, so um, thanks for letting us be a healing reminder of the Lord's forgiveness. I don't know if you know what it's like just to, to sit and receive all that. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by your courage. And I'm excited and anticipating what the Lord's going to do, but I truly have no idea what it'll look like. And I can't wait for us to show us signs. If tonight was somewhat difficult or foreign to you, then I would ask that you would find a small group where repenting and believing who you are and having people speak over you is the norm and not the exception. So if you need to, stop by our info bar. We have Bible reading groups, but it doesn't matter if it's with us. Just find a community, a confessing community that confesses both your guilt and your glory so that the spark doesn't fizzle out but it actually finds purchase in your soul. Tomorrow night, we're gonna go serve at the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home. You can sign up for that at the info bar if you want. But what we thought might happen is exactly what happened. Um, and as we were thinking and praying and planning through tonight, we thought we would hit this moment and it might be somewhat sacred or holy and it would, how do you end that? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put a comma and not a period. So we're gonna continue to sing in here. For those of you who still want to wrestle or listen to God's spirit, if you've encountered God in a unique and authentic way, awesome. There's no brownie points in heaven for staying longer. If you're single and ready to mingle, you're dismissed, right? It's okay. It really is. Feel the approval of God. It, that, that's not a, this is not a spiritual maturity litmus test. This is us just trying to create a pocket of space for those of you who still may be encountering the living God in a way that you want to wrestle through. So here's our game plan. In just a minute, I'll pray for us. And then if you're good, as quietly as possible, if you'll just kind of exit the doors and wait to have your conversations till you're out uh, in the hallway. But if you just need to linger, practice a little holy loitering in this place, you have permission to do so.
We're gonna have our prayer counselors on the side right here again. So if you need to just walk up to someone and go, would you just pray for me? I need to hear somebody else's words out loud over my life. That's available to you. And we'll continue to worship and to pray and to ask God to heal our hearts and heal our land. Amen. So Jesus, we're so thankful for who you are. Abba, you're so kind and generous and faithful. Thank you for the grand story that you're writing through every life in this room. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you somehow unite us into one voice that sets in motion your dreams for humanity. In Jesus' name, amen. Feed me.
lead us just our voices just one last time in that chorus confession is we need each other. Help us to be brave and bold about asking for both of those things. Amen. Uh, Just so you know, that's wildfire part one, spark. In six months, we'll have part two. Uh, Yeah. 
And uh, if you come back next week, we'll spend the next four weeks unpacking what we just experienced tonight. Uh, so go in grace and peace to love and serve the Lord. You're dismissed.